With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a tale as old as time. You're out there in the Albertan countryside looking over all of the alien plants that you're trying to pollinate to start your colonization project. And then bang, boom, out of nowhere, an alien bounty hunter shows up to eradicate the entire process. That's why protection is so important. And that's also why this week's episode of The Bloom Files is sponsored by GEICO. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Happy X-Files to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Happy X-Files to you. Uh-huh. We're watching the X-Files. Uh-huh. With Angela Bloom, oh. whose birthday it was at the time this is coming out. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. I got you a colony of bees. <laughs> Hooray! It's okay. We can deal with them in the house. We just have to douse ourselves in gasoline. <laughs> no, thank you. Hi, welcome to the Bloom Files, everybody, and X Files First Watch slash Rewatch podcast. My name is Mike Bloom, and we are saluting my partner in crime here, the birthday girl herself, Angela Bloom. Woot woot! Yes, turning another year older. I would say another year wiser, but I think that's impossible given just how wise you are. I'm just so wise. I'm like an owl. You're as wise as X, but more alive. Thank you. Good. <laughs> He's I not guess- that wise. I, he, was, he fell for a trap. I guess that's true. Maybe not wisdom as much as like smarts. Is there a difference between smarts and wisdom from yeah, your perspective? Yeah. Wisdom comes with age. And smarts comes with books. Yes. Well, we're going to open the book on, or at least close the book on the end of season three, open the book on season four of the X-Files as we talk about the season three finale, season four premiere, the season three finale, Talitha, I still don't Talitha know, Kumi. Is it Talitha Kumi? Because I know, I believe that the, it's a, it's a phrase from the Bible, I It's Aramaic say. for little girl, get up. Oh, okay, right. And it alludes to a biblical story of um, the raising of Jarius's daughter is what I read. But oh, okay. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, well, pretty Old Testament, it sounds like. No, it sounds, well, it sounds New Testament if Jesus is involved. No, but it doesn't say Jesus. Jarius. But I'm assuming Jesus did it. Oh, who the heck knows? <laughs> I don't know who well, else. Would... Jesus raises Lazarus. He La- resurrects Lazarus. Right, but I believe, so I, I actually did look into the story of Jarius's daughter, and the story was that, like, 
Jesus was approached by this guy, Jerry, saying, my daughter's oh, I see, dead. I see, I see. So he got to resuscitate her, but she wasn't dead. She wasn't dead. It's she was a trick. She was nearly dead. Uh, and so it, it was viewed at as a, as a miracle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's basically talking about, uh, I believe it uses the, the phrase, uh, let's see, do be afraid, be not afraid, only believe. Which yeah. sounds like very much like Mulder's MO, right? Yeah. And I think they titled this, this because of the stuff that Jeremiah does with raising people, right? Healing them, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a wild thing. To bring into the X-Files. Yeah, aliens can heal people. Yeah, because all we knew about aliens was that they were, like, kind of spoopy, and they some of them yeah. had green blood. Yeah. But I did not realize that they had powers. Well, and it's, uh, like, also aliens versus alien-human hybrids right. of it all, so who knows what was yeah, developed. Yeah, so that's another thing that's sort of a callback to the, the colony endgame stuff, right? Yeah. We're getting back to the clones. Well, because these are, yeah, these are another version of those doctors that were in the other episode, um, another group of cloned people who are all named Jeremiah Smith. <laughs> yeah, well, at least, yeah, that, that's an interesting choice, because I do believe, like, the whole abortion doctor stuff. Yeah, they had different they names. They had different names. These guys have no chill. I mean, maybe they feel like because they work for the yeah. Social Security Administration, they're like, well, we can hide this, because yeah. we work for the place. Yeah, and then we have the the one guy who is the, the original Jeremiah Smith, who's like the the defector right and then we also have the return of the alien bounty hunter which is yes. really sort of a, a carryover as well so much like we talked last week about how those two episodes sort of uh called back not necessarily to the previous arc episodes but other arc episodes that seems to be the case here right yeah, which like- is why it's so important that we do watch most of the arcs because yeah. it's hard to kind of you wouldn't be able to understand half the stuff that was going on here if you hadn't seen the other arc episodes so. exactly and i only understand half the stuff you're going on despite <laughs> having watched it well, let's get into the season three finale uh, as we start in a random fast food restaurant. We just had some fast food before we, coming on here. Uh, we had. Yeah, we did. Do you, does five guys count as fast food to you? No, because really? it's so good. <laughs> this is so good. So fast food has just like a bad connotation yeah, in your mind. Fast food is like garbage. Five guys isn't. See, I guess fast food like quick service is probably the, the better yeah. way to call it, right? Yeah. But either way, they're in generic fast food restaurant where this guy is a little disgruntled. Seemed like he had a big case of the Mondays uh, and he goes postal. Yeah, he freaks out. He just, you know, uh, is going to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, except for the children. Right. Let's go play in the ball pit, kids. It's so weird. <laughs> but one of this this guy who turns out to be Jeremiah Smith stands up and basically steps in being like, you know, oh, well, you'll show them that you're not a loser. Just put the gum down and everything yeah, like will be okay. Yeah, trying to talk him off the ledge, so to speak. And so this guy already sort of has kind of an otherworldly presence about him. At least he seems supernaturally calm. Yeah. But then when this guy sees the police, he starts shooting a few people before he gets gunned down himself. Mm-hmm. But then we see that this guy, there's more to him than just empathy, I suppose, as he lays hands on the shooter and it's completely revived yeah. and healed. So this is something that is i don't want to say common in alien uh mythology but Mm -hmm. in the series roswell they the three aliens all have different powers and max who's the main dude has the power to heal people with his hands is he played by the same guy who plays max in the x-files no does he have a type <laughs> no because he's supposed to be like dreamy he's like cw Are you saying that man is not dreamy. i'm saying that information is sexy yeah okay but anyway so he like puts his hand on people and heals them and it leaves like a handprint and then they like are able to like 
that's what like makes everyone suspicious of that there's aliens. But yes. so this is like very much that. It's also very much like Rogue from the X Men, except yes. in this case he doesn't like she doesn't she doesn't sap, kill them. Yeah, <laughs> sap people of uh, like Wolverine of their life force, but. Mulder and Scully show up because they hear about the incident. Uh, they hear about, you know, some firsthand testimony from not a very good actor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was bad. <laughs> yeah, and so, but it turns out that this this healer guy is gone. Yeah. yeah. They hear about this mysterious man and now he's disappeared with the wind. Yeah, so he was being interviewed by a detective and the detective turned around and he turned back to him and he was gone. Yeah. The police seem to constantly lose these people. Yeah, these certain- I mean, I think it's sort of the representation of the, the FBI being... Um, quote unquote better than the police like mm-hmm. that's the the vibe we get from the x-files at least is that the police don't know what they're doing and the fbi swoops in and fixes it all right so in the meantime we are going to get a really interesting <laughs> yeah. reveal between two characters who have not shared the screen at all on the x-files up until this point obviously we knew that the cigarette smoking man was in league with bill Mulder back during the season two finale yes. as well as during that flashback that we talked about but it seems like he's got a little bit of history with Mrs. Mulder. Oh, yeah. As well, uh, yeah. So basically, this is not the end of this story for sure. Oh, I can imagine. OK, so maybe this is my perverted mind. But was the scene meant to imply that they had a role in the hay? Yes. As it were? Yeah, they had an affair. Wow. I think you're meant to think that. I'm yeah, not going to tell you if it's uh, true or not, but it's like, I think everything's sexually charged. No, know? no, no. I mean, he says a few things that are very, very much so innuendo. Yeah, I mean, the water it. skiing, wink, wink. Well, not only that, but like that, like she had a good time as well. You know, that they all had such wonderful memories and like, you'll remember, you know, all that. Right, because I would imagine that she was, what's her name, by the way? Uh, Tina. Tina. Yeah, I want to say Tina Mulder. I want to say, yeah, Tina. Uh, well, so Tina, yeah, it seems like. You know, Cigarette Smoking Man was like, I guess, like, you know, it's the wife of one of your closest co-workers at that point. In the 60s, 70s, you know. Free love, man. Uh, so Well, I don't think that her and Bill Mulder had the best relationship right, anyway. Right, because she, she talked about after he died how much she hated him. So. Well, yeah, because, yeah, and even before they, he decided to get rid of one of their children. Exactly. <laughs> but they're talking at this lake house. Yes. As it were. Should there have been a separate episode about this lake house where Mulder discovers that it can travel through time and he can communicate with his past <laughs> self to warn his dad about dying? Um, yes. And his dad's played by Keanu Reeves? Yes. And his mom's played by uh, Sandra Bullock? Is that is it Sandra Bullock? Uh, yeah, it's Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. I was going to say Sandra Bullock, but it's, I wasn't it's sure. It's a remake of Speed. <laughs> it's a remake of Speed. Yeah, a loose remake of Speed. It's a loose Let's remake take our of two main characters, put them in two different time periods. Well, it's like, you know how they do that with uh, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how they, that was the vibe there, for sure. So they're like, okay, you two like to work together. Yeah. Now let's do something completely and different. And he wears very, very thick turtlenecks the whole movie. Does he really? Yeah, it's very strange. So he looks like Steve Jobs. Yeah, he looks like, Sanchez, yeah, yeah. Bullock. But through a mailbox that's a time-traveling mailbox. So, uh, you know. Uh, this is spoilers for the lake house. <laughs> so Massachusetts' hottest couple is already getting snapped by the paparazzi. Mm-hmm, yeah, as so you we, see it we, through the viewfinder. Yeah, we see someone's taking pictures of them. And maybe it's just that Mrs. Mulder's camera shy, but the next thing we're going to find out about her is that she's now hospitalized. Yeah, so basically another instance where Skinner calls Mulder and says, like, I have some news to share with you. Yeah, uh, she's been admitted to the hospital in Quanachitong, Quanachitong, Yep, perfect. Quanaco. 
<laughs> Quantico. Where to come from? Um, no, it's one of those typical, like, Northeast yeah, um, names. I mean, when I, my family and I used to go to Misquamacit, so we are all yeah. for... Chattanooga, like, New York. Yeah, like the Native American uh, yes. Northeastern names. But they go to the hospital. She's had a stroke. So this is an interesting thing. Uh, uh-huh. When we were watching the episode, this nurse was sort of talking with Mulder about what was going on. And I was like... What? Like, she, I thought this was Scully for a second. Yeah, that was weird, though. That She doesn't look anything like her. But she... the person who played the nurse is Jillian Anderson stand-in. Oh, that's funny. So that's why I think, I think I've think i redeemed myself. Yeah, I guess bit. you did. But it was also a little bit weird, the, the setup for her as well. She just kind of appears in the doorway and, and starts I, giving a bunch of exposition. Now I can't trust nurses after that whole yeah, like, one, one was breath it? thing of, of okay, is Nurse every, Owens. Is everything going to be an angel at this point? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so she had a stroke and the only message that she can get to Mulder is she just writes down palm on a notepad, dramatically yeah. on a notepad. And I do love David the company have to look at it and say palm is it just for people who weren't seeing it at the time or? i don't know i think he's like um yeah like it was only him that saw it so um but i guess he takes it to mean that the stroke was caused by or surround like had to do with jeremiah because he used the palm of his hand yeah, to right. heal people this, this, this is not even <laughs> that a, killed me i was like lol no not even a leap in logic yeah. this is just like an entire country mile of logic that okay palm connects to the palm of his hand yeah. that was used to heal the man therefore it connects back because my father was involved in this yes. it's just too many steps i mean again i think maybe he was uh, he was right for once in a very long time with everything with Crycheck last time we right. watched the episode. It was like, oh yeah, this is it. And I guess like Jeremiah is connected to all of this and they don't know that yet, but still. <laughs> yeah, well Mulder, this is also another version where Mulder has not slept in a very long yes. time. Oh, right? God, I hate was, when he does this. Because once he finds out that his mom is sick, he's going to like work to death to try to figure yes. out exactly what's going on. Exactly. And while he's, so he's now he's, he has extra pressure to find this guy. He heads down to his chunky ass VCR yeah. to <laughs> review the tape. And he finds out that, yeah, I mean, they lost this guy because it seems like he transformed into a completely different person. Yeah. Which they don't really point out. Um, they say like, Oh yeah. Where'd he go? Like, it's very clear that that person is yeah, and then, wearing the exact same yeah. suit. And I think Scully even says like, Oh, I think he's wearing the same clothes, but um yeah he disappeared yeah well at least one of them did right uh, because it looks like you know we go to the social security administration gotta say kind of looks like a boring place to work yeah very like uh, austere sort of like weird desk spacing it's really weird there are no walls on the there's cubicles. no cubicles i don't think i've ever run into that office situation that's like how it used to look in like secretary pools in the 60s right you but know? this feels like this is a social security administration in the 90s i'm yeah. surprised it's just like it's almost like a classroom where yeah there's like des- rows desks. of desks i don't know how it works um but yeah so they we we pan to jeremiah smith sitting at one of the desks and basically they're um they they find him there yeah, but well, they, they, the like a bunch of goons led yes. by the cigarette smoking man storm the Social yes. Security Administration. And like Jeremiah Smith's, I think, able to slip out before he gets caught. Is he? Yeah, but he does get caught. Oh, what a, he does get caught. Yeah. This of, is the original guy. This, this is, is the OG. This is the, the defector. This is the guy that was in the restaurant, the guy that healed the people. Mm-hmm. And the cigarette smoking man saw the, all of that and they're coming to get him. Because gotcha. he did, he did bad. Yeah, and they put him in like Hannibal Lecter restraints. Yes, they put him in because basically he's part of the project, mm-hmm. but he went rogue, right? So healing he's like, people, yeah, he's and just he's not like, supposed to do that. This, and we, 
experienced this in the past, right? Like Doctor What Gregor. Yeah, uh, when exactly. we first revealed this was the first one to do this of like, oh, uh, the scientist we recruited to our cause, but he took things one step too far. Exactly, yeah. So, so X and Mulder are going to have a little bit of a meeting here, and it's been a while since we've seen these two. Spencer fills in a bit of the blanks here, because admittedly there's a little bit of like uh, an awkward tinge of a conversation between X and Mulder. Right. Spencer writes, after seeing how X heroically saved Mulder from the exploding train car at the end of 731, it would seem that things are currently good and on the upswing between them. Therefore, it must seem puzzling in this episode between their tense discussion at the Mulder's family Rhode Island summer home and then their fight in the parking garage over the, t- the stiletto weapon. Well, to contextualize, in the previous episode, Wet Wired, mm-hmm. ugh, that's a weird name, uh, it, uh, X did some bad things, comparable to his actions in previous season's Soft Light, that frustrated and angered Mulder and put their relationship in a sour state once again. So even though Mulder should be grateful that X is the one who called the paramedics and saved his mom's life, He's still not happy with X due to the fallout from Wet Wired. What is going on with these men? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just like it, they're friends. They're not friends. Just they're kiss friends already. <laughs> well, he can't now, yeah. or he won't be able to soon. I guess, I guess not. But just it's on again, off again, on again. Yeah, off again. and I think that it's just like also X doesn't really want to be helping, but then feels like he should be helping, and then doesn't want to help, and it's so annoying. So we'll find out later that it seems like this syndicate specifically like wanted to kill him because he had been leaking stuff to Mulder. What was he doing for at, the syndicate? At the lake house. Was he spying on them for the syndicate? Yes. Okay. Because the syndicate believes that um, the cigarette smoking man is a problem. So they followed him there to spy on him. But they don't realize that X is also a problem. Right, he's like a double agent. <laughs> yeah, they're all double agents, basically. <laughs> so X seems to allude to the fact that, okay, they were here because there was something really important in the Mulder lake house. Yes. Uh, you pointed this out, that it is rather interesting, that despite this house being, like, rather vacant, obviously the Mulder family has not been here in quite some time. Yeah. There's still a lot of stuff in There's here. a lot of stuff. There's, like, toys from when they were kids. Yeah, like, the Mulders are real pack rats. Yeah, it's like a total vacation home that, like, they just, like, kept fully stocked with clothing and junk. Yeah, and so Mulder's gonna search through a lot of that junk. Yeah, so he basically goes to the lake house to see what his mom was doing there, and he's having, like, a lot of, like, emotional, like, moments, because it's, like, where he's... He's in his feels. Yeah, he's in his feels. It's where he spent a lot of his childhood with his sister and his mommy and his daddy, and then he's just kind of, like, really upset about his mom, too, and so he just starts, like, tearing the place apart, trying to find whatever she was looking for. I mean, seriously, because basically he looks at the word palm... And then does a little bit of the junior jumble here. It's like, oh, yeah. well, I do, when you have a stroke, your mental faculties do get yeah, a Yeah, I did have to up. explain that to you, too. You were like, what's happening here? And yeah, I was, I was like, like, well, she had a stroke. So they're trying to insinuate that she things are backwards. Does, Mul- does Mulder just like anagrams? Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. But palm actually means lamp. And Mulder proceeds to then just start smashing every lamp. And again... This is, you know, this is Tina Mulder's yeah. fault. If you kept, if you didn't keep so many damn lamps, like a lamp <laughs> yes. emporium in your house. A lamp porter. But yeah, so then he smashes one and he does find the stiletto weapon, which yes. is what it's called, but we like to call it the pokey thing. Yeah, the, ne- the necky pokey device. <laughs> necky pokey device. Is, is what you, is what you, which sounds like a dance. Yeah, the necky pokey. Yeah, exactly. Where you just die at the end of it. And it's the same kind that the alien bounty hunter had used previously. So. Right, exactly. So now he's like, okay. And, you know, Spencer brought this up as well in our, in our feedback that I guess is this 
hinting that the syndicate is obviously working with the alien bounty hunter to sort of like help with this idea of colonization. We're going to get into that with the next scene, but could the stilettos have been planted here as sort of like a fail safe, right? Like in breaking case of Mm -hmm. emergency, if an alien bounty hunter is sent to eliminate you, well, because you can imagine the syndicate is some, they see they're very seedy individuals. They're Mm -hmm. not going to fully trust these aliens. Seedy baby. Seedy baby. Um, But I think that, yeah, they've hidden these things in places like Bill Mulder obviously had Tina hide it there because he was like, what if something goes wrong in the future and we need protection? So right. it was just like a, a fail safe. All right. Let's talk about this scene between the cigarette smoking man and Jeremiah Smith, because it is intense. I know yeah. that this entire episode and like this entire scene sprung from what a scene from the brothers Karamazov. Yeah, which is something I don't know anything about. It's, so it's like Russian. It's very, uh, very uh vague vague to me the only russian literature i really know about is war and peace because we saw natasha pierre in the great comet of 1812 Uh, and i know anna karenina if it didn't happen in a play or a musical yeah well i know anna karenina (laughs) but the only reason i know anna karenina is because i believe at the end of anna karenina she gets hit by a train i don't know that's all i know about it which would have been connected really well to 731 yeah so anyway they're they're having this like um tete-a-tete basically it's like, a really like highbrow like yeah. firing things at each other basically he's cigarette smoking man accuses him of basically putting his indulgences a quote ahead of the greater purpose yes but then jeremiah smith you know responds with oh i no longer believe in the greater purpose mm-hmm. but it's interesting because the cigarette smoking man is essentially questioning all of the syndicate's motives right and the cigarette smoking man's yeah heaving this bull hockey like oh we give them happiness and they give us authority uh-huh. uh he says men can never be free because they are weak corrupt useless and reckless it's just weird that he's having this big conversation with him when he himself is kind of going against the syndicate it's an, it's an interesting <laughs> yeah. point right because yeah to your point like the cigarette smoking man has to kind of not believe what he's spouting at this moment, right? I mean, you would think, yeah. I know, it sounds almost culty, this idea of, oh yeah, we give them happiness. What happiness are you giving people right now? <laughs> I think he just means, like, we keep them complacent. I guess that's the point, right? Like, yeah, if, if you if you knew the truth, yes, it would exactly. completely devastate So we you. hide the truth from Ignorance them. Ignorance is blessed. You, you stay in the matrix. You don't take the red pill. Exactly. Um, but you know, he also says people need authority because they're tired of mysticism. And this goes back to the whole science versus religion thing, right? Where he says like, oh, nobody cares about the fantastical anymore. People just believe in science. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you need sort of like a one voice of authority to boss people around. Yeah. It's very weird. I mean, it makes sense given again, the, the, the connotation of faith. But to hear it coming from the cigarette smoking man in particular is a it's an interesting and the philosophy. whole tone is a little intense. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's barking it yeah. at this guy at this point. But he says four magical words: the date is set. Uh huh. Yeah, so the I guess date is set. It's col- they're going to prom. Yeah, they're going to prom. No, it's uh, the date of colonization. Yeah, so I didn't know when that date was. I guess no, the- you're not supposed to know. Okay, it's, it's not, in the future. There's no calendar. No, <laughs> no, no countdown timer. They're not going to set themselves for. up for that kind of fail. You know, like they don't want to put it. There's a lot to come before any of that. So. Yeah, and they also mention here the tool of destruction, which is that supposed to be the necky pokey device? Um. Maybe. Or am I talk- are they talking about like a doomsday device? I'm not sure. To wipe out everybody. I'm not sure. I didn't look too hard into that sentence, but um, maybe. Yeah, but this is a very intense conversation in many ways. Not only is it intense from a volume perspective. Yeah, like it was a, a little much. I was like, okay, I'm over this. But I do feel like this is one of the first times, at least from my perspective, that we've actually gotten into the head a bit of the cigarette smoking man, of, mm-hmm. of what he 
believes in why is he with the syndicate why is he doing these objectively seedy things uh, and it does seem like i don't know i i do think he believes there's some truth to what he's saying yeah. even though he is going to sort of go his own way here right and so th- while all of this is happening also i think we skipped that scully is at the fbi oh yeah and she meets with another jeremiah well she's Smith. yeah she's basically coming into or leaving she's at the entrance to the fbi headquarters yeah, checking and, in with those security guards she's so friendly the, with yeah and the guy Jer- one of the jeremiah's is coming to one of the smiths my favorite band okay um is coming <laughs> to turn himself in because he saw his face on tv and then he does a whole interview with them basically that's like i don't know what you're talking about like yeah, I, I wasn't I don't there remember anything that wasn't me like Blah blah blah, and so it's like he's an he's one of the ones that's still in it, still in the conspiracy, and he's like coming to like cover up tracks, I guess. Right, but then Scully is Mulder goes to Skinner, right, basically being yeah. like, "I have these pictures. You need to to basically out this guy." Yeah, and of course Skinner being Skinner, right, is like, oh, "I can't do that. I lost my gun the way I got shot for also, it." Also, like he doesn't have that like. Basically, Mulder is under the impression that Skinner has some sort of pull still with the cigarette smoking man, and Skinner's yeah. like, "That boat has sailed. Like, yeah, I am exactly. not in it anymore." It has but sailed, and Mister Scully was aboard. Yeah, uh, it sank. So when Scully runs into Mulder, she's gonna be like, "Okay, you got to meet this guy, Jeremiah Smith. He's gonna prove your palm theory wrong." Yeah, but Jeremiah Smith runs. Yeah, uh, and by the time they catch up to him, he has already disguised himself and left the scene. Yeah. This is the, uh, we'll call him number two. Number two, exactly. I'm sure he resents being called number two, yeah, but we'll maybe. call him number two. But this is where we also get the reveal, right? Where there are multiple Jeremiah yes. Smiths. Yeah, because while this is, it's all simultaneous. So at first you're like, wait, I thought they had him locked up, but I guess they don't. And then you're like, oh, I see. Right. You think, oh, is this a flashback yeah. situation? What's going on here? But yeah, it's, it's another clone situation, like we mentioned before from Colony and Endgame. And I think this is also where the Cigarette Smoking Man, right, has some more uh terse words for one yes. of the smiths he says you think you're a god you're a drone a cataloger yeah Chattel. yeah so he's still talking to smith one yeah because smith one does have those powers right? yeah and so he's basically like oh you think you can do these things because uh you know you're you're above everyone else but yeah. really you're just doing our, our work right now yeah exactly he also believes that when you when people don't believe in miracles they reject god and so the syndicate then happens to pop into the picture to appeal to to basically like man's conscience mm-hmm. and take away their freedom at the same time because they don't need it. No, nobody needs that. But the but you know Smith's going to be a little jocular here as well, right? Yeah. He's going to he's going to f with the cigarette smoking man cuz he transforms into what? Deep Throat. Yeah, and he then transforms in, into Bill Mulder. Yes, into Bill Mulder. So he's trying to like show him his sort of um his demons, you know, people that he's killed. Right, and he, and he also makes a comment here of well, you can try to to kill what all these people believe in and stop yeah. all these things, but you can't kill what people love. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in a physical sense, you can, but I guess in an emotional sense, not really. No, yeah, it's a it's more about um, a faith, than right? Anything. Well, it's it's, a, it's the idea actually that we talked about in the last batch of episodes. You bury the dead alive. Right? Yeah, like there is some sort of sense of presence that still exists within you, mm-hmm. even when they move on, when they shuffle off this mortal coil. Yeah, so cigarette smoking man is like a little bit thrown by this, but not enough to really make a difference <laughs> i guess a pretty good effect on the shape shifting i know at this yeah. point we're, we're nearing like late 90s where i think you know 3d effects were more on the up and up but it's it's pretty good especially for a you know a, a mainstream television show yeah and they definitely um utilize it well too it's just the head it's not like the whole body and i, I like it well it looks like though that not all of our shapeshifters <laughs> are smiths 
No. Because it turns out that one of the Smiths was actually the alien bounty hunter is so back. So I think that that is the one that went to turn himself in to the FBI the one to that cover Scully, tracks. The one that yeah. Scully talked to, who yes, ran away. who ran away. Because I think that he was meant to... Because when you see him run away as that like bald dude... Mm-hmm. you we, when we almost like bald John Cleese. Yeah, when we, when we get back to bald John Cleese, he turns into the bounty hunter. Mm. So I think that that's that guy. That makes sense. We should also mention, but actually, before we leave, uh, the the tete a tete of cigarette smoking man mm-hmm. and Jeremiah Smith. Jeremiah Smith does say, like, "Hey, FYI, you're dying of lung cancer." Yeah, <laughs> and you have to let out the biggest duh in the universe. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is maybe at that time in the '90s, people. I mean, there were truth ads all over the place. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like people who were smokers, like maybe like were in denial about it. So he might have been like. I it's it is weird though because he yeah. clearly is gonna die of something before he could even benefit from this the syndicate's uh, involvement with colonization. Like he's involved with it because he doesn't want to be one of the like many lemmings that are the drones, the chattel. Yeah, he doesn't want to be part of the chattel that's taken over by the aliens when they colonize the Earth. So he's right. part of the syndicate protecting himself, but he's probably going to die before then anyway. But it brings up an interesting conundrum as well, right? Where the needs of the many and the needs of the one, uh, where now he's like, okay, I've been told to dispose of this guy or get him back under the fold, but also he could heal me of my terminal lung cancer diagnosis, so what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this Jeremiah Smith is not going to do that. So... Poor Mulder. David Duchovny actually has like a very genuine heartbreaking moment where he goes to the hospital and he's just like crying, he's crying. over his mom. His mommy. It's so sad. But those tears quickly dry up as the cigarette smoky man shows up at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's checking on. I mean, he's checking Gina? out his boothang. His boothang. <laughs> and Mulder is irate, right? He holds a gun up to him, uh, basically saying, like, tell me what you know. Because he blames her for the, right. if, even though yeah, well, it happened. Like, yeah, because like, you're the last person that she saw before she had a stroke. Right, so he like egged it, even if it wasn't yeah, directly and you, and you don't have a good resume, dude. <laughs> yeah, really. But the Sigrant Smoky Man, you know, does what he does, right? He teases out a little bit of rope by saying, oh, well, if you kill me, then you won't know the whereabouts mm-hmm. of Samantha. Yeah, like such a, like, a douchey thing to say to somebody whose mom is dying and so Mulder puts the gun down it's like okay great where is she and then he says oh well actually uh i only know the person who knows the whereabouts and they're gone right now asshole (laughs) i mean this is typical out of his playbook right like uh i don't know why Mulder keeps falling for it it's like charlie brown on the football yeah exactly so this is when we get to also see all the the Jeremiah Smiths, right? Because this is a uh, Scully going through the social security records and right, finding so the, all the pictures of them. Before that happens, the bounty hunter who escapes goes to kill Jeremiah Smith in the cell. But yeah, he has the first Jeremiah Smith has escaped from the gotcha. cell, so yes. he's now out there, and he ends up going to Scully to, I guess, um. Like reveal that she had didn't meet with him the right. first time. Then so yeah. this is what the cigarette smoking man is, re- is referring to, right? That Jeremiah Smith number one was the guy who knew the whereabouts of Samantha. Yes, exactly. So, um, but yes, yeah, she notices and she finds all these Jeremiah Smiths at Social Security offices around the country. Could it be that the reason why they picked specifically the name Jeremiah Smith is because it's so generic? That, yeah, like, nobody would think, oh, it's weird that there are five guys with the same name and same face. Yeah. So like, yeah, because you could look in the phone book, like, oh, yeah, there's a Jeremiah Smith that lives in another town. That makes sense. It's a very common name. Do you know anybody with the last name Smith? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Do, do you not? No, I do. 
I was just curious. I was a test. No, I just was like, oh, I was wondering if it was something that's as common as we think it is. I think maybe it isn't now that it was back then. I don't know. I don't know if it's the Smith lineage. Also, is like, out, if but... your last name is Smith, do your parents try to go for a more unique first name? Right. Exactly. Instead, instead of the more like generic first name, last name, because then. For all, unless you're you actually had quintuplets and you want yeah. they all look the same and had the same name. Yeah, maybe. So Mulder is going to meet with X here, and this is a moment that Spencer referred to earlier in his feedback, basically saying like, uh, "Hey, this is what's going on. We have to stop the colonization." And X is like, eh, bah, 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 bah. "I don't care. Can you give me the necky pokey device, please?" Yeah, the stiletto. He's like, "Give it to me." Demands it, and um, Mulder says no, and then they start to fist fight. Yeah, and then they're like basically like slap fighting each other yeah they're they're like they're like in- no I, it's mine it's mine yeah they're laying in some hits but then it ends with the two of them pointing guns at each other yeah. and they do they basically do this this pretty funny thing where they like back up yeah unintentional so where they each take like so many steps back they're like all right i guess we're at an impasse now yeah, well they run played. away <laughs> and they basically said like oh watch out and x is like well you better watch out yeah it's dumb no you <laughs> no you i mean this is gonna be the last conversation these two have ironically enough yeah it's true so it's it's an odd Unless way to you count, you know, the other conversation written on the ground. <laughs> I don't know if I count a, a posthumous res- message written in blood as a mess as a conversation. Maybe he'll channel his spirit later on. Maybe. Uh, but we're going to end off the season three finale with Mulder, Scully, and Smith meeting on a studio location off the highway. But their conversation is very quickly interrupted by the ABH pulling up kill smith and it ends on that very tense note now with you know one of the big bads of the mm-hmm. x-files about to face off with Mulder and scully yep all right so <laughs> we're gonna leave uh season three in the dust right now that's collecting off the highway but before we uh get ourselves collected and move into season four let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Angela, welcome to Canada and X-Files <laughs> Season 4. Yay! Oh, Canada. Here we are in Alberta. Yeah, we know some people from Alberta, do we? 
<laughs> the statement that turns into a question. At the I very forget end. things. That feels very X Files, though, yeah. right? Like this is demonstrably true, or it may not be. It may not be. <laughs> so we we start in Alberta, where a guy is uh, working on the line, as it were, the Wichita. Yeah, another lineman. guy that uh, works in a um, a career of um, tough as nails. This guy. Yeah, I guess this is. Uh, this is the second time we have an electrician, yeah, since a power Chung, person, we got yeah. someone working in like the cherry picker or uh, you know mounting the telephone pole. Yeah, exactly. And you know he's Canadian, Angela, because he, <laughs> yeah. he says things like <laughs> Instantly a, says A. Or like, oh, your kids all look alike. Don't that take the take? Yeah, he said a lot of things that were just like quintessentially Canadian, and it was a little cheesy. But Yeah, you'd wonder with the fact that the show, you know, films in Vancouver, you'd think they get some, I don't know, Canadian input with, okay, when we actually do go to Canada, let's not go so over the top. Yeah, well. They had to a a well. Eh, well. So this guy is just sort of talking with five little blonde boys that all look the same, uh, just standing there. Yeah, you also love to do this thing whenever we see a young blonde boy on TV. You go, oh, it's like it's like what Ashy's going to look like. <laughs> exactly. Even though his hair is getting darker. He's and- not going to be blonde in, like, in his whole I life. Know, he looks blonde right now. Yeah, but any blonde-eyed, blonde-eyed, blue-eyed, blonde-eyed, blonde-haired. Blonde-eyed, blue-haired boy. Yeah, any of those. Mike always thinks that they are they look just like Asher. I see my son in every blonde haired blue eyed boy. Weird. So the lineman gets stung by a bee and then has some sort of conniption and just falls off the top of the telephone pole. Yeah, he has like a basically a reaction to the bee sting and dies. Yeah. So it makes you think for a second, like, oh, okay, we did the we did the, the you know, the The virus. No, the the not the spiders, the cockroaches. Oh yeah, the cockroaches. So now yeah. it's just another edition of insects take over. But no, I think this is more so coincidental. Uh, I think the more so the thing to take home here are the children of the corn. Quite literally, they go back into the cornfields once well, this the guy dies. Well, the bee is important. Because they're they're harvesting a plant for these bees. The bees are important, but I would not say they are as much of the focus as the children. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Uh, we should also know here as we go into the credits, the, epi- the episode's message is everything dies instead of the truth is out there, which the alien bounty hunter is going to say message. later on. Yeah, what a great way to start your season. Everything dies. Though I guess in this case, it's mainly X dies. Yeah, X dies. But that's, I mean, still, not great. <laughs> we should also mention uh, Heron Volk comes from the German word for master race. Yes. Which, given the blonde hair, blue-eyed boy, makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. now. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the master race is, is their alien hybrid clone people. Right, well, that's the colonization yeah. thing, is to like, oh, we are the master race for... Screw, Taking over. Screw off humans. Exactly. So now we pick things back up after that brief Canadian interlude to the way that season three ended, mm-hmm. where... Yeah, we, this was a little jarring for me. I was like, wait, did we miss something? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I called this clangy yeah uh, spencer put this into really interesting words he basically says uh, i don't think honest trailers has ever critiqued x-files but if they were to do so one of the starring characters near the trailers end would be the extended chase through an industrial <laughs> yeah. facility that goes up and down stairs and ladders they and do onto love rooftops. to do that yeah i mean he brings up that it and we've we've even seen it a fair amount we've of times seen and, it like and we've four times already yeah we've only seen a cross-section of episodes i can't imagine if you watch every episode how many times they're chasing in like a warehouse or a mine or some yeah. sort of abandoned factory and i think it's because of the sort of filming nature of television at the time too it it's probably a little bit easier to control something like that than to have like a chase scene through streets or 
busy interview, you know, all of that. So if you can chase somebody through a place that you can shut down for filming, it's probably a little easier. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of and running. Spoopy. It's a lot of spoopy. It's a lot of running around. It's tough to tell really where everybody is. Right. The, the ABH seems to be everywhere. Like, for instance, Scully is going to try to drive away and get help, but then the ABH leaps onto her. Yeah. Home, and then Mulder is going to end up like, Hiding in like what looks like gravel or peanuts. Yeah, so Mulder is with Jeremiah and he's basically convinced Jeremiah at this point that he, like, he says, okay, you're going to come with me. I need your help with my mom. Mm -hmm. And so, but then they're being chased by the alien bounty hunter. And then Mulder leave scully behind <laughs> yeah so Mulder is going to do this thing right where he camouflages himself in the wood chips or whatever is, yeah. is outside and is able to actually get one over on the abh he's able to use the necky pointy device to stab him to do what quote-unquote samantha told him to do all the way back in season two and, and what we've seen actually does kill yeah typically yeah, and so uh basically yes yeah, so he sees jeremiah smith take a boat away and Mulder's like uh, oh can i come and Jeremiah Smith basically says, sure. And so Mulder leaves Scully behind without even saying anything. Yeah, she's like, where are you? And and then we find out that like she actually is also um, being, you know, the the alien bounty hunter is actually not dead. But Right, well, because we see like the blood get mm-hmm. sucked back into his body. Yeah, which I don't actually know why that happens. Yeah, I know that Spencer brought this up. There was like a lot of conversation at like the time. Like that you had like, to be oh, a hybrid alien. Or is it, or is it like, you? is he unkillable? Maybe. Is it that Mulder went through the clothes and so it wasn't like a complete death blow? I'm not sure. I have a feeling it has more to do with the fact that he's a true alien, mm-hmm. not an alien-human hybrid. Interesting. So I think that only the alien, and maybe he is an alien-human yeah, hybrid. I don't know, maybe the alien-human hybrids, yeah, sort of have their kill spot in that specific location, but for a a true-blood alien, it's not exactly there. Yeah, so, eh, whatever. (laughs) But it does suck back, I imagine it was just a reverse shot of the 3D effects they put (laughs) in there. Yeah, probably. But basically, uh, you know, it allows the ABH to then pursue Scully. Yeah. uh, As Smith and Mulder take off to Canada. Yeah, and the bounty hunter lets Scully live because he realizes she doesn't actually know where they're going. So he's like, whatever, I'm not going to kill you. Yeah, meanwhile, Smith's going to extrapolate with Mulder about this idea of colonization, right? He talks about its hegemony, it's a new origin of species. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's literally what it is, right? It's it's human evolution. That's what they've been trying to do with the genetic engineering. Yeah, and so they're talking about that. They're kind of going through it. And and Smith does offer to say, like, I'll take you to your sister. Because, again, that's Mm -hmm. the cigarette smoking man said you knew where he knew where your sister is. And so he takes him up on his offer. Yeah, and they go to the bee farm. The bee farm. I thought you were trying to abbreviate something for a second, like... Like B hyphen farm? No, like uh, like a B I T C H farm. Oh no, just like B-E-E. trying to be very kind and clean. B E E farm. Someone just came from the B farm. <laughs> Maybe a little bit that too. But as Mulder leaves to go see one family member, he is leaving one behind. Uh, but yes. you just have a bit of a guardian angel here, as it seems like the syndicate is staking out. Tina Mulder's hospital room is like the new meeting room yes. for a lot of these people over this poor woman's yeah. comatose body. Well, and so like the syndicate, part of the syndicate is like, why are we protecting this woman? And the cigarette smoking man is like, oh, we need her as like bait or whatever. But he basically says in the hospital room that they're going to start a rumor that she's in danger. Yeah. And that's how they're going to find the mole. Right. So that's the thing is they're going to do sort of like a, a Game of Thrones season two Tyrion <laughs> mm-hmm. thing, right? Where they're going to throw a, a piece of deliberate misinformation as a yes. trap 
so that they can find out who the Double Crosser is. We also both made the note when we were watching that I can't tell if this is the, the well-fed man or whatever it is, but one of the guys in the syndicate talks a lot like Marlon this Brando in The, the God- First Elder. Oh, he talks a lot like Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Yeah, he does. It's he very says, weird. smoking man. What do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. I felt it was a little jarring. Come to me on this. The day of Mulder's mom's coma. <laughs> the, the day of Mulder's mom's coma. Yeah. So Scully has every reason to be ticked off here. She finally gets a call from Mulder. It's 7 a.m., and they were there at the dead of night, so she's been there for multiple hours. Yeah, just waiting for him? Yeah, because Mulder told her to stay put, and she stood put. Yeah, she was like, you said not to go anywhere, and I have to pee. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) and I'm using a bottle, and it's not very conducive. It also doesn't help that she basically has been, like, held hostage by the ABH up to this point. Yeah, with, like, a... uh sharp object held up to her neck now is that the stiletto yeah yeah he was oh, just yeah. using it well, no because i'm pretty sure he like, he has Mo- his own oh, well mother also left one the one in his neck i believe yes but then he took the alien bounty hunters oh they so switched they traded oh they it's traded. like the elder wand yes it is so like turn out the alien bounty hunter is the one to get, to get the magic stiletto that will defeat all evil i think they're all the same <gasps> no everyone is different like a snowflake <laughs> okay so smith and Mulder sounds like a Smith know, and Mulder like weapons uh, factory. They they drive until the gas runs out of the car. Yeah, which is like wild. They could have stopped for gas. They no, definitely could have. No time when you're seeking the truth. Okay. And they, <laughs> they end up in the Alberta countryside, about 20 miles from where they need to go. Yes, which is uh, aggressive to walk. <laughs> so Skinner approaches. Uh, you know, Skinner is a little concerned about what's going on. Because, you know, I think this is when we're going to get and have another Mulder and Scully are separated episode where he's like, yeah. uh, hey, you guys haven't shown up to work for like an entire week? Yeah, is everything she, all right? Scully gives him like the lowdown of what's going on to an extent. And right. he basically says like, all of the Jeremiah Smiths are gone. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we have nothing. <laughs> right. And so basically, because they happen to work for the Social Security yes. Administration, now Scully's essentially able to... See what they were doing. Yeah, because I think uh, Pustule or whatever is Agent Pendrel. Oh, should we talk about the the? I forgot what what did I think his name was when I was randomly watching it with you. Uh, I don't know. It's not Pendrel though. No, not Pendrel. Uh, it was something like it was. I don't remember. No, Biscotti. Yeah, he says Agent Biscotti, and I'm like, what are you talking That's about? That's not even close to Pendrel. No. For some reason, I got the name Biscotti in my head, and I couldn't get it out. So that might be his name from now on. Okay. Well, Agent Pendrel is investigating <laughs> the data that they pull from whatever these Smiths were. Working yeah, and on. it's a, a butt ton of encrypted files basically that inside the social security administration the smiths had underneath an entire iceberg of data that they were like logging and managing i guess so smith uh follows the trail of both the the ants and the dead men we get to see sort of what happened to the linemen and it is pretty gruesome yeah not great (laughs) so wait so did the bee sting like cause those pustules or that was that from like the decay in the ants uh, a little bit of both. So basically, he's stung by the one bee and then swarmed by bees, I guess. Was he? Okay, I didn't see that. I don't know. <laughs> they were I, just like, I oh, it's so. a party. It, it, bees, are, the bees are bad. <laughs> bees are bad. Well, I guess they're good in this case uh, when it comes to what the project is. Smith takes Mulder to basically a big old farm uh, of big black like uh, tarps over these plants that are essentially shrubs that are being grown for pollen. Yeah, and they're not plants that are known to us on Earth. 
Right, even though they say it's just ginseng at the end, right? You, well, that's what they say. That's what they say. They said, oh, it was just ginseng. Unless but it, it's definitely not. It's ginseng some, are alien plants to begin with. No, she's saying that at the end because they're hiding what it was. Well, something else that's hidden here is little Samantha. Yeah, so we find out that there are all of these... So we find out that there are all of these little clone Samanthas <laughs> that are made of... Stardust are made of stardust and also the genetic material of her when she was abducted. Right. So that's the thing. I was the And another random boy that also was abducted. Random boy, Ashy, uh, if you want to call him that. And they're but also like they don't speak, right? They're they're drones. They're incapable of of voice. They're like um language. They're essentially bred to be like the drone bees, right? To be the worker bees and not talk, just work. And they're also it's exactly it's an interesting idea though they are part of sort of like this parentless colony that feels like the plot of every YA novel. Uh, yeah, but also I find it weird that they were pa- set up in pairs, like that they yeah, have like to like when live they in out. houses well, together. I think, I think it's also just due to the effects, right? Yes, that they couldn't have yes. multiple ones on screen, so it always had to be one boy, one girl. Cut yeah, to one yeah, boy, one girl. I guess it's just odd to think about them all like live playing house. <laughs> so meanwhile, Scully is going to call on to X. Yes. Right, this is when she's going to give that info, that false lead, that oh, Mrs. Mulder is unprotected. Well, that's not Scully. That's cigarette smoking man. Okay, Scully. Well, Scully's going to tell him like, oh, just so you know, she's unprotected at this moment. So maybe she's right. Yeah, I guess Scully tells M- Mulder that. No X. Yeah, Scully tells X that, but somebody else tells her that. Okay, I mean she's not wrong. No, she's not wrong, but that's also like um, that's the that's the lie. Yes, that yeah. is the lie. Yeah, that, like oh, there's a there's a false rumor being spread. Um, but Scully has bigger work to do. Namely, she's able to decode the files hacker mm-hmm. style. And find out that all of these files contain encryption data for the smallpox eradication program. And as we remember, the smallpox vaccine was a big part of that cataloging we saw mm-hmm. back in the beginning of season three. Yeah, and it's also part of the experimentation that they were doing um, for genetics related to alien-human hybrids. And so we see now a sort of a Scully science sequence, right? Where now yes. she presents to a bunch of FBI people that she had a biopsy done on her, her scar on her, her yeah her her uh, vaccination scar and basically it proves that oh there are protein sequences uh you know in this that essentially function as trackers do you know how you get a, a smallpox vaccination scar do you I know how the vaccine is given do not i'm not aware it's multiple jabs of something into your arm which is why it leaves a scar Oh, interesting. You should look it up sometime. It's rather gross. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm glad that vaccine technology has exactly come very far. Basically, it was like this two pronged needle that they would dip into the vaccine and jab, 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 jab. Wow. That's almost like, uh, I don't know, like painting. Yeah. Pointillism. (laughs) Yeah. It's really weird. And I guess the other advantage too is that, uh, that means that you won't be inoculated with a tag for alien species or whoever's working behind the scenes to well no you. so what they say is that it's actually inside the vaccine it's mm. a protein inside the vaccine that it's, does, not, that, it's a dummy protein it doesn't do it anything. doesn't do anything but it's it's it, we got the we just got the covid vaccine there could be a dummy protein in that that tagged us yeah i mean let's i'll be i'm fine being tracked we're not going anywhere. Yeah, honestly, I'm not going to be one of the ones that they saved during the alien colonization. So if it happens, it happens. They'll do it for you as a birthday present if it Thank happens you. sometime soon. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so basically they were tracking people because this is how they're going to keep track of everyone during colonization. Exactly. Uh, so another piece of the puzzle is, is slowly revealed here. Meanwhile, essentially, if that puzzle piece 
has been turned over. Smith wants the whole box to be upended, right? He essentially tells Mulder, like, the reason I brought you here is because I want you to expose everything that's going on. Yeah. But just as he's about to do that, of course, Mm -hmm. the alien bounty hunter shows up. Yep, and dead. Yeah, and dead. Well, before they do that, though, they say, okay, let's go hide in the bee house. And Mulder (laughs) says, all right, well... To help mask the scent, I'm going to cover myself in gasoline. Yeah, and the bee house is, like, just basically a giant honeycomb hive. Yeah. And, yeah, Mulder puts gasoline. And then he doesn't shut his eyes, so he goes, somebody guide me, I can't see. Yeah, dude, uh, like, I know this was a very impromptu idea, but at least close your eyes before or you like self-immolate like, yourself. Put your hand over your eyes. There's like, gotta, there must have been something, like, as odor-masking, but less literally incendiary also, as gasoline. if you put gasoline on yourself, is that really going to make the bees stop? I mean, I don't know. It happened. It worked in, what, Jurassic Park or one Did of those it? movies. I think, in, like, I want to say, like, Chris Pratt, like, covered himself in gasoline or something hmm. so that a raptor wouldn't smell him. So. Oh, well, that makes sense to me. But bees, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know works. if bees are as olfactory as something like a, a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. But uh, either way, I guess it uh, it happens and it works for him here. So, yeah. so we, we talked about this with uh, Scully's TED Talk, essentially. I mean, Scully essentially gets called out right now being like, you're a little moldery right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're like this is, this is a little far-fetched. Yeah, and so Skinner pulls Scully aside and is like, you really embarrass me in there in front of my friends. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he has really no right to do that because everything she presented was data like backed up. Well, and she also tells him, hey, you're just doing what not you, but Blevins told me to do back in the first mm-hmm. episode. I'm supposed to put Mulder's work to the test. And yeah. that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And also I found out that we're cataloging human beings. Exactly. So you know what? Sorry, you can't handle the truth as well as you can your gunshots, Mr. Yeah, really. Skinner. So silly. So Mulder is going to temporarily dispatch of the ABH by just tipping a bunch of honeycombs on right. him. Uh, but it's not for long as the ABH is like, oh, he's really crazed too. Yeah. Uh, he's just super aggro at this point. He's <laughs> able to drive in, uh, you know, basically plow into their car, plow into their car, throw Mulder onto it, like into a van and then go track down a whimpering Jeremiah Smith and mm-hmm. kill him. Yeah. And Mulder's unconscious now. Yep. And so Mulder, you know, despite trying to escape with the information in tow is missing it. Cause I, what happened to the little Samantha girl? Do you think? Uh, dead. You think so? I think dead. Oh, I guess there's more of that. There's more of that. I think, well, I think at the end of the episode, we find out they're all dead or they're taken somewhere else because remember they go to the farm and there's nothing there. Right. So we'll talk about that at the end, but Mulder is very clearly in shock, right? That's what, um, Scully tells him. And I mean, even in David's company's performance, you see, he's just like Like incredibly rattled. Probably has been up for 48 to 72 hours straight at this point, but he's insistent he go to his mom's hospital room. Yeah. And he is a wreck. Well, because he doesn't think he can save her now because he he feels like he had this one shot to bring Jeremiah and now Jeremiah's gone. And so now he feels like his mom's going to die because yeah. of him. And he breaks down. It's a really so sad, genuinely vulnerable moment from Mulder. And I know that like when Scully was comatose, mm-hmm. like he had those moments. But like, I don't think I've ever seen Mulder in hysterics before, like, sobbing. I do think this is maybe the beginning of it, um, but he does definitely show more emotion as the series goes on, and I think it's also good, because I think they were trying for something that was a little too gimmicky with him for a long time. Yeah, I I like it. I I know that we like... He needs layers. We like to have fun with him being deadpan and a little monotone sometimes, but like you said, he's a main character. I want to see different shades of personality. Yeah. And he's, he's really deep here. I mean, this is also... 
It's a, it's a, and he grows as an actor too. I'll say, yeah, from season one and two to now, like he, he, he probably couldn't have pulled this off. <laughs> well, it's a really tough precipice for him to be looking onto as well, yes. right? Because he thinks his sister's dead, even though now she sort of exists in a bunch of clone forms. His dad's dead, and now his mom might be dead. He's losing everyone around. Yeah, him. it's pretty upsetting for sure. And I mean, little as you know, he's going to lose someone else who is close to him as X gets caught in the trap. He shows mm-hmm. up in Mulder's apartment. And waiting for him is the guy, same guy who, uh, not, not who shot Skinner, but was one of the guys that sort of threatened Skinner back yeah, in the diner. Yeah, he's known as the gray-haired man. Oh, man. Well, hopefully he gets he gets some hair dye going mm-hmm. on. So, yeah, he basically shoots him and leaves, not waiting to see if he's dead, which I think was a mistake. But X crawls to the apartment and writes the letters SRSG. Very much who, sh- who shot Mr. Burns of like, oh, he landed on the sundial. Also very much so the Da Vinci Code. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, let's go find the, the Codex. The Codex. To find out, uh, you know, where's the, the al- which albino is trying to track us down. Which, uh, yeah, which albino someone, is. Someone played that albino who's famous. I can't um, remember now. I can see his face, but I don't know his name. Yeah, we'll we'll look it up in a little bit. Meanwhile, Scully and Mulder are going to have a, a bit of a powwow right now, where Scully's going to like kind of give a bit of a pep talk here, right? Yeah. Basically saying like, uh, "Oh, well, you think that all might be lost, but there's a place to start, and I have hope because there is a place to start." That's yeah. what I believe. Yeah. So she's trying to help him, but I mean, he's pretty down in the dumps. Yeah, and she brings up an interesting point. She says, "Nothing happens in contradiction to nature." Only in contradiction to what we know of it. So it's like, none yeah. of this flies in the face of science. It's just more so that there are things we don't know about science yeah. that can really be the key between what we think is completely out of the ordinary and the ordinary. Well, it's like back in the day when people were like, oh, the Earth isn't flat. Mm-hmm. Like Everyone was like, that's bonkers. It's definitely flat. <laughs> yeah, paradigms change. Yeah. You know, common knowledge changes. And so I think... If you if you leave yourself to get stuck far behind, then these types of things can seem just completely out of this world. Yeah, but hopefully, I mean, he, he seems to get back in it as they as they go to investigate um, the SRSG. Yeah, so I guess I guess was the assumption that Mulder was the first one back to his apartment found SRSG. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, like he it's his apartment and he makes sure so he gets shot in the hallway mm-hmm. and he makes sure to drag himself to the apartment to write it. Oh, it's Paul Bettany plays this. The, oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Vis- the vision himself. Um, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so the blood letters lead them to Marita Covarubias. That's a very fun name to pronounce. She, and she, this is her first appearance, but she will become a long-standing character. Yeah, so that's what I was Ish. reading up on, right? That essentially, so the decision to kill X at the end of the third season, we talked about how the decision to kill Deep Throat was very meditated mm-hmm. on Chris Carter's part. He wanted to show that, like, nobody is safe. Yes. Here, it, they, they, it was basically they had reached a dead end. They said that they... Yeah, there's nothing more they can do with him. Yeah, it was so like we like said, it was so much on again, off again between these two that like there really wasn't much more to go with it. But they still do need somebody on the inside. He needs somebody an informant. Yeah, somebody who's an informant, but also somebody who is maybe like playing both sides, which she'll be doing. Yeah. So this, yeah. So t- this takes place a month later, and Marita is works for the special represent- representative to the Secretary General, the SRSG. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. That's uh, what he wrote in Blood. Yeah, and so he's asking about it. She is really fluffing him off, right, with this story. Like, oh, they went to this Albertan farmland that you said. There was nothing there. There's no bees. The land has been abandoned. But at the same time, she shows him a picture of the children 
with the shrubs. And so says, she's like, and I says, did, not everything dies, Mr. Mulder. Yeah, like they are trying to hide this, and I can see that that's like, yeah, it's interesting. I guess that's sort of the the microcosm of her playing both sides, right? Like yes. she's giving something to his face, but then she's handing him a folder that contains the truth. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, she'll be somebody to watch. Yeah, and it's a it's a little bit of a kick that Mulder needs, right? Because even after Scully's words of wisdom even well, a month- it seems to happen to him all the time where they find something and then they go back to prove it and it's it's gone it's yeah erased. And, he's, and he's a little down in the dumps right he basically says like you know uh he's i've suffered so many personal losses recently like we said he still thinks that his mom is basically on, Dead, da- yeah. on death's door <laughs> at this point so at least this is saying to him hey there's a new friendly face here yeah who might be more willing to show you the truth or at least not fist fight you in a parking lot right for yeah as opposed to x she's maybe a little bit uh, better bedside manner but <laughs> It looks like Mrs. Mulder's days in a hospital bed may be over as yes. we cut to her still on life support a month later. And basically the cigarette smoking man tells the alien bounty hunter to spare her. Yeah. And so he just sort of gives the, the reasoning, right? The fiercest enemy is the man who has nothing left to lose. Saying, Basically saying like, if, we need her as, as a, as a bartering tool. Yeah. Well also, well, also if, you know, Mulder is our greatest enemy at this point, mm-hmm. if she dies, he's going to go completely Rambo on us because he has yeah. nothing to hold back for. Give him someone to care about still in his life. You can also imagine there's a little bit of selfishness there as well, right? Because like, uh, I think he loves yeah, her. Yeah, like, oh, I want to have her in my life. So the ABH... Well, he doesn't want her dead, let's say that. Yeah, well, the ABH turns out to have some healing powers as well. I think they all do. I think that's an alien thing. So it's just all the aliens in general. I guess so. All right, well, he has healing powers and she is cured. Luckily, this actress does not have to spend another minute with a feeding tube taped to her mouth. Yeah, it's true. Um, also, where was this guy uh, when uh, Melissa was dying? I, I don't know. The, yeah, the ABH. I mean, you can tell me, uh, you know, if this is the first time we've seen him since all that Colony Endgame stuff. It's been a long time. I think so, as far as I remember. Yeah, so maybe it's sort of like Crycheck. Since, since season two. Yeah, maybe like Crycheck, he was on the run. Yeah. Or he just it wasn't important to do. What didn't matter. Spook of the week, Angela. Is it all the Jeremiah Smiths? <laughs> Maybe. I think also I feel like the alien bounty hunter was pretty integral here. Um... Yeah, maybe him. I don't know. I think, yeah, you know what? I'll call it Alien Bounty Hunter because I was going to say, oh, maybe the Jeremiah Smiths for their maybe healing powers. Maybe all the little children. Ooh, yep, that's it. All the little <laughs> creepy children of the court. And you know what? I don't know why. Maybe my mind's so weird, but I thought immediately when they said, like, oh, they can't speak, that they were, like, bred to have no tongues or no, something. No, they were bred with no language. They just weren't taught language and they have no capability so they could, of. They could make noises. Yeah, they just couldn't. They don't have the ability to form language. Gotcha. Okay. So there's you no- should know this. Our son goes to speech therapy. There's a difference between speech and language. Yeah, I suppose that's the case. I just, my mind went to the darkest place of like, oh, they can't speak. Like, oh, it's because you cut out their tongues, you dirty government people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like in the Hunger Games. <laughs> exactly. Well, the spoopiness does not stop here, Angela, as we are moving on with season four. And we're moving on with a double header that starts with the very next episode. Mm-hmm. So we're, the first episode we're watching is a little episode. Season four, episode two, home. Yep. <laughs> this is one- Every, most requested episode of our listeners for us to cover. Yeah. And I would agree. Yeah. I mean, this is it's a big one. Uh, so this was one for those of you that didn't even know uh, the X-Files. I know back in the day, this was an episode that caused a lot of controversy where apparently it was so dark, so disturbing, so scary 
that it only aired once on TV and like they refused yeah. to re-air it. And it is pretty dark and it's pretty disturbing and I still get creeped out by it, but it's also very interesting. So, so I think was, you're going to yeah, like so it. So no matter what, you know, as much as I talked about hating horror stuff, which is why I stayed away from the X-Files in the first place, it is a seminal episode of the show. Yes. So we're watching it next week, but it, we're going to try to cleanse our palates from the spoopiness with another episode. We're also going to be watching season four, episode five, The Field Where I Die. I like to use the cleanser palette. Both of them are actually like, neither one is like funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> Oh, say, sorry. Like, the, the, the title does not sound particularly I, uplifting. And the field where I die is not like a. It's not. And nobody really talks about it as like the best episode ever. But it's something that I feel like is a good Molder episode. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna watch it. All right. Well, we're gonna get into it with two early season four episodes. I'm sad to be leaving season three behind because it really was my favorite yet. Yeah, and we didn't miss many episodes in season three that I would have like wanted to cover. Besides like, uh, Wet and Wild or whatever that was between... <laughs> Wet and Wild. <laughs> and then uh, Quagmire, which is another one that's kind of fun to watch. And- Where the dog dies. Yeah, but it's pretty. It's like, kind of a snarky one. But we're going to keep going with season four right now. So again, next week, Home and The Field Where I Die. Just a couple of quick larks as we start the X-Files season four here. Of course, if you have any thoughts, like Spencer has been peppering throughout our discussion here, email us, bloomfiles at postshowrecaps.com, xfiles at postshowrecaps.com. Tweet us at a Mike Bloom type, at Ange Pelagi, at postshowrecaps, and let us know your thoughts. I'm very excited to tuck into season four. Looks like Yeah, it's going to be great. It looks like we're going to have a couple of uh, Monster of the Week episodes next week. Emphasis on monster. Uh, I'm prepared to be scared, now I'm prepared to talk You're about... You're going to be more creeped out, too, than Okay. Anything. Creeping like ants over the pustules of the face. Uh-huh. And I'm excited to creep all about it next week with you, Angela. That's going to do it for this week on The Bloom Files. Thank you all so much for listening. Special thanks to Corey B. for his fantastic theme song. Angela, happy birthday again. Thank you. And have a great day, everybody. Until next week, case closed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.